praise God. Philippians chapter 2. Verse 12 and 13. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. When God asked me 10 years ago about could I have a billion-dollar vision, I didn't think I could, first of all. And then I didn't have any clue why. Why would I need a billion dollars? <laughs> and... Um, but as time went on, he began to show me why I need a billion dollars. Part of the vision is all this property around us that the Lord has cleared out for us. It's to have a home. A place where we can bring in JJ's. Such that and in fact, a few years ago, Apostle Dover came right in and prophesied to Pastor Kim. Wasn't it about boys? A beautiful home for boys. That's why we need a billion dollars. I didn't know why. Why would I need a billion dollars? <laughs> Praise God. But it's coming. Something big is coming. Praise God. Orphans, widows, people in transition. Thank you, Lord. Can you believe with me for that? <laughs> Y'all say, Lord, Lord give, pastor give pastor that billion dollars, that billion dollars for his vision. For his vision. Would, would you, you know, throughout the day or, you know, the week, if you, it just comes to your mind, if you just... Ride in the car, just say, Lord, just give Pastor that billion dollars for his vision. Thank you, Lord. I'm not asking for it for me. I'm good. Well, I'm, I mean, God's going to take me higher, but I'm, I understand. But I'm talking about what I saw for this whole land. It's the block. It's the whole, it's more than the block. It's all of it, as far as the eye can see. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. All right, Philippians 2, verse 12 and 13. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with what? Why? For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Father, thank you for the work we're about to receive. I pray that each person, their heart and their mind is ready to receive. They're in tune, even especially those at home. Father, that there's no distraction or hindrance right now that they are tuned in as we are in this place so the word can move and operate in our lives today. Have your way. We receive your word with thanksgiving. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, please take your seats. Hallelujah. We're talking today on God is working in you, part two. I thought I'd move into God is working for you, but God had a little more to say to us about him working in us. Amen. If you were here Wednesday night, we began teaching on this uh, teaching here. God is working in you. All right? So we're talking about the fact that God has a purpose and an assignment and a destiny for all of our lives. Right? Your purpose, your, an assignment, and a destiny for your life that he gave before you and I were born. Before you and I were formed in our mother's wombs, God had already determined a purpose for us, 
an assignment, or we could also say assignments, right? You can have more than one assignment. You have one purpose. You can have several assignments, but you have one destiny. You got it? So there are things God wants you and me to, to do in this earth, things that are great in this earth today. Amen? I gave you a scripture the other day in Isaiah 42 from the CEV, verse 6 and 7. I'd like the media to put it on the screen for us, please. And uh, it reads this way. It says, I chose you to bring justice, and I am here at your side. I selected you and sent you to bring light and my promise of hope to the nations. My goodness. You will give sight to the blind and you will set prisoners free from dark dungeons. This is what God has called for us. Now you read that Isaiah 42, it's what we will call a messianic prophecy. It's a prophecy about Jesus Christ, the Messiah. But remember, you and I are the body of Christ. So whatever assignment Jesus Christ received, you and I follow that assignment. We carry that assignment out. So the same instructions that he had, the same purpose, assignment, and destiny that he had, we have. So we are called, we have been chosen to bring justice. Who can bring justice? The world? No. Can Congress bring justice? <laughs> it's not a president. It's not, a, not Congress. It's not judges. He said, I chose you to bring justice. Thank you, Lord. So everybody say, I've been chosen. He says, I'm here at your side, selected and sent you. So I've been selected and sent to bring light and my promise of hope to the nations. So that's what we've been chosen, selected to do, sent to do, to bring light and hope, God's promise of hope to the nations. Glory to God. Then he says, you will give sight. Here's some practical things. Here, in other words, some hands-on things. You will give sight to the blind. That'll manifest in physical healing. It'll also manifest in you bringing, bringing light and revelation to someone. And then it says you will set prisoners free from dark dungeons. So people are bound by addiction. People are bound by mental issues. People are bound by um, various sicknesses and diseases that have plagued their bodies. People are bound by things that they've been taught. People are bound by religion. Y'all not hear what I'm saying. People are bound by religion. Religion has many people in the body of Christ bound. They can't live in liberty. But the Bible says that we can set prisoners free from dark dungeons, okay? Now, what I want you to understand, what I tried to get across to you uh, Wednesday night in, in part was that anything that God has given you to learn, anything he's given you to receive, anything he's given you to do is more than about you. So you coming to church, you learning the word of God is more than just about you. Yes, you're going to learn how to live your life. Yes, you're going to learn. You'll learn how to have a better marriage and a better family, how to, how to have your needs met. But it's more than just about you. Anything you receive is more than just about you. You got it? Remember I taught this uh, message back Christmas time, uh, about 2018 or so, uh, is bigger than you? 2017? Thank you, Tamara. 2017 is bigger than you. Tamara's our resident um, uh, historian. She's going to get you straight. 2017, it was December 22nd, Pastor. I remember that. And you had on a purple tie with a green bow, whatever. Like that. <laughs> so, but I taught, it's bigger than you. So, we talked about how um, uh, Elizabeth got manifestation. 
how Mary got manifestation. But they had both received prophecies, and the prophecies were, t were telling them that whatever was going to happen in your life, it's bigger than you. So you getting manifestation is bigger than you. That's why you cannot quit. That's why the devil is trying to make you quit. That's why the devil's trying to hold you back because he knows that whatever God does for you, in you, and through you is going to be beyond you. That's why you're in a fight. See, if, if you were just believing God, you know, just to get, get a new tie, you don't get a much fight for that. I'm believing God, believe for a new tie, believe for a tie. The devil's not going to work really hard against you. But when you believe in God for a billion dollars, not for you to buy a house and a car and a boat, but for you to minister to thousands and thousands and thousands of people. You understand? See, I, I can tell you that you, you wouldn't not believe the kind of oppression that I've had to battle this year. I was telling Apostle Derby the other day, I was so glad he preached that message about oppression because I, was, I didn't realize, man, how much I was dealing with this year. The devil's been trying to just suffocate me in the spirit. Just suffocate my soul. Has anybody ever you felt like that? But it's because the devil knows that when you and I manifest what God has, we're a danger to his kingdom. Somebody say, I'm dangerous to the kingdom of darkness. Say it again, I'm dangerous to the kingdom of darkness. That's why you're up against what you're up against. You are dangerous to the kingdom of darkness. If you were no threat, he wouldn't bother you. <laughs> Glory to God. Pastor Joshua, Remember in Mark 4, Jesus tells his disciples, let's go to the other side, the end of Mark 4. The devil knows he has Gadara locked down. The devil knows that he has Gadara on lock because he's got this maniac there, this demon-possessed man there who's got the whole town captive. So when Jesus says, let's go over there, here comes a devil on the, on the sea. He brings a storm on the sea trying to stop Jesus from getting to where he was going because he knew that if Jesus Christ made it to where he was going, he was going to set that man free, and beyond setting that man free, he was going to set a whole town free. The devil knows if you get to where God's taking you, you're, just not, you're not just going to set your family free. You're going to set everybody around you free. Hallelujah. You're a threat to the kingdom of darkness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm a triple threat. I'm a preacher, I'm a praiser, and I'm a sower. I'm a triple threat, man. He know I'm going to preach him blind. I'm going to praise him stupid. And I'm going to sow him right out of the town. Hallelujah. I'm a triple threat. So it makes sense he's going to come against me. And if you're like that in any regard, you're a threat to him. All right? God knows that, so that's why God is working. He is working. Everybody say he is working. Now, usually, and this is what I want to deal with here. Usually, we want God to do big things for us. How many of y'all want God to do big things for you? Come on, take. I want to see your hand now. All right, good. Nothing wrong with that. In fact, I'm encouraged when I see your hand. That lets me know I'm not wasting my time. <laughs> God's not opposed to doing big things for you. When I say for you, I mean for you. I'm not dealing with through you yet. I'm talking about just for you. 
He wants to do amazing things. The Bible says that he, he's looking to show himself strong on your behalf. On your behalf. Not through you, for you. Now, what has to happen, though, is this is what we were teaching Wednesday night and what we'll continue to, to discover today, is that Father God knows when we're ready for big things. You don't, you don't, you know, unless you're one of these rap stars, I've seen these rap stars, they're doing stuff like giving their two-year-olds, you know, Birkin bags and all that kind of stuff like that. Y'all know what a Birkin bag is? Some of y'all's like, yeah. Come here, what's that? Hermes, right? These Birkin bags, you know, they, you're talking about tens of thousands of dollars for these bags. Depends on what you get, you know. And he gave, this one guy gave his little two-year-old, I think it was, one for a birthday. Now, you know, it would, to her, it would make a difference if he went to Dollar Tree and got a bag. You understand? Now, yeah, that's, that's really what it is for people are there investing in these bags because they, they keep their value pretty, pretty well. Amen. Now, God is ready to do things for us, but he has to make sure we're ready for the big time. Now, I've been talking to you, and I'm going to teach on this, probably Lord's willing, unless he directs me, and he's free to do that, after this series on large money. I'm going to teach on large money because a lot of us don't know what large money looks like. Or, 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 or large money uh, doesn't ring a bell with us. Like when I say billion dollars, you're like, billion dollars? You know, the billion dollars is not large money. That used to be, a lar that used to be large money. You understand? People, people are, are, you know, giving away billions like nothing today. Okay. So large money, but lar also large territory, large work and major responsibility, okay? But God knows he has to get us ready to receive all that, okay? Now, uh, so I talked about Wednesday night. I'm going to try to pick up my time. I'm going to start my clock now. <laughs> the Lord has a systematic way he works, okay? He works, number one, in us. Number two, for us. And number three, through us, okay? Now, most people don't come to the Lord saying, I want the Lord to work through me. That's not people's mindset generally. Most people come to the Lord, and they want the Lord to do something for them. Maybe it wasn't you, but I know me. You won't got to do something for you. People come to, come to him weary, wounded, and sad, and finding him. A resting place, and he makes me glad, right? So you come to him in need. No problem with that. Every person you look at in the scriptures, when they came to Jesus Christ, they came to him needing something. No problem with that. But the bigger things that he wants to do that will lead him to be able to do things for you require him first to do something in you. And I gave you this phrase, this, this statement rather, from Apostle Derber. He said this, that God would much rather do something in you than do something for you. He'd much rather do something in you than do something for you. Because if he does something in you, you now have learned, you've now developed. The Bible says, tribulation worketh patience. Y'all don't like that. Tribulation, Romans 5, works patience, and patience works experience, and experience works hope. 
And hope makes not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, Romans 5, 5, right? So, so here we are. When you, as you go through things, you develop. And when you develop, you, you get patience. Now you know, okay, I'm just going to stay with it because I know just a matter of time the Lord is going to make a way or whatever. And your patience, as you go through it, develops your experience. Now your experience develops your hope. Hope, what that does is that no matter if the devil comes with something else again, I have an anchor for my soul. I don't move because I have my hope. I have my expectation God's going to take care of this. He's going to take care of this. That's why I'm not moved by this. I'm not moved by that. God's going to continue to be the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Got it? Okay, so he has to do something inside me to prepare me for what he really wants to do for me. Okay? Now, Philippians 2, verse 12 and 13. Again, he talks about in verse 12, working out your own soul salvation with fear and trembling. Your own salvation with fear and trembling. But my focus verse is verse 13. It says, for it is God who works in you. Who works where? In you. in you. He works in you. He works in you. So right now, God is working in you. And he's working both to will and to do for his good pleasure. He's working to get you the will and then to get you to do for his good pleasure. Okay? The Bible says in Isaiah 119, if we will be willing, come on, and obedient, we'll eat the good of the land. In the, I think as the Living Bible says, if you'll only let me help you, I'll make you rich. So God wants to make you rich. He wants to do something financially in your life. But to do that, he has to get you willing and obedient first, which means he has to work on the inside of you. You got this. How many of y'all wouldn't mind being rich? All right, good. God wants you rich. God, God needs you rich. God doesn't need you struggling. Because if you're struggling, you can't really help people. Okay? So he needs you rich. If you have just enough, you can't really help people. You're really not being inclined to help anybody. You know what I said? You really won't be inclined to help anybody. But when you're rich, you will help somebody because you're rich and righteous. And you're rich towards God. Got it? Okay. So God has to work in us to get us developed on the inside so he can do for us what he wants to do and eventually do through us what he really wants to get done on the earth. Okay? Now, so he has to work in us. He says, verse 12, verse 13 rather, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do what? For his what? For his good pleasure. So there's something that really pleases God. There's something he wants to do through you, in you, and for you that really pleases him. We know faith pleases him. We know that he's well pleased when we prosper. The Bible says God takes pleasure. Psalm 35 verse 27. Y'all know that one? Y'all know that one? Start it. Let the Lord be magnified who takes pleasure. Let them shout for joy, okay? Here's the key part. You got to make sure you know. I'm just messing with you. Let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. So God has pleasure 
in your prosperity. So remember now it says he has to work in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Now we see right here what part of his good pleasure is. Is your prosperity. That spirit, that soul, that's body, that's emotionally, that's spiritually, that's financially. He has pleasure in your total prosperity. God's not pleased when you're broke. God's not pleased when you're sick. God's not pleased when you're depressed. God's not pleased when you're hung down. God's not pleased. He's not pleased by that. He's pleased when you're walking in power, walking in your anointing, walking in your victory, walking in your divine health, walking in your financial abundance, walking in your peace in your mind. He's pleased by that. God is happy about that. Glory to God. Say glory to God. Thank you, Lord. It's what God wants. It's what God wants. He wants us to be prosperous. Now, let's go to the New Testament because somebody may say, well, that's just, I don't believe that Old Testament. Let's look at Luke chapter 12, please. Luke 12 and verse 32. Is Jesus Christ talking. Luke 12 and verse 32. Jesus says this. Do not fear, little flock, little flock, my little sheep, my little baby sheep, my little children. My little, ba- my little sweethearts. I'm going to talk like Jesus today. Do not fear, little flock. For it is your father's, here it is, good pleasure, oh my, to give you the kingdom. Now we already read back in Psalm 35, 27, that it's his good pleasure that you have prosperity. So we read here, it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Is this good, Shante? Say, come on, Jesus. Throw in, throw in a few of those a day to help me out. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Not, it didn't say your father's good pleasure to pay your rent. It didn't say it's your father's good pleasure to get you a little piece of car that you can maybe get around in and, you know, Lord, if I show, can make it to church, I'll be all right. No, it's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Do you remember, Deacon Robert, when um, Herod was, uh, had this, this wife that wasn't supposed to be his wife, it was his brother's wife, he was messing with his wife, and, um, and his daughter, Hero- her daughter, rather, Herodias, came and did this dance. You got, you got to watch out for these dancers. You got be careful, guys, when the dancers come around. I, I remember one time, one time, we had gone to, uh, the Derbers were in town, and we, we went to um, Acropolis, this Greek restaurant. Some of y'all know Acropolis on, on uh, Central Avenue. So we're going in, and, and we walk through the door, and, and the Apostle Derber, there's this guy at the door. He's playing the guitar, the Greek guitar. Ring, 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 ring. And Apostle Durbin's like, man, I play guitar too. So he, he, he pulls out, you know, going to peel off. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah, encouraging the guitar player. Well, the guitar player says, oh, I see, what, see what's in your pocket. Now, he didn't say it out loud. This is what he's thinking. I read, I'm reading his mind. And so we go to our table, and we're sitting down at our table. Just relaxing us. Holy Ghost feels sanctified, folk. 
No, we're not really praying in tongues. We're just eating. But, but I'm saying, we, we, you know, we, we ain't let our hair down. But here we are sitting this joint ourselves. All of a sudden, here comes that music. And it's getting a little louder. When it's getting closer, all of a sudden, we look up, and here comes, you know, belly dancer girl. And oh my God, I mean, I'm just sitting there like this with my, I grab the menu like, oh my Lord. Just got the belly and oh my God. And we, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Okay, okay. Bless your heart. Bless your darling heart, baby. Bless your darling heart. Go, go ahead now. Go ahead. See, you get the right dance in front of you. And Herodias danced for Herod. And he said, girl, whew. Now he messing with her mama. Now he, his, her mama sitting right next to him. This is his girl. But that PYT dancing, Chris. That girl, that girl had a different figure than her mama, I guess. And he said, he said, I will give you up to half my kingdom. He said, I will give you up to half my kingdom. She danced up so much, that man said, I, I will give you up to half my kingdom. Because, here it is, because you pleased me. But God says, I will be pleased to give you the whole thing. You ain't got to dance, but nothing, nothing but a praise. Nothing but a shout, nothing but thanksgiving, nothing but your clap of your hand, nothing but your hallelujah, nothing but a song. Come on. He said, it's my good pleasure just to give you the kingdom. Now, we look here and he says, it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Now, you look back at Philippians 2.13, it says, God works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So what he's working in us to do is to make way for him to give us the kingdom. He's got to work in us to make room for the kingdom. Because, I almost said most of us, Laquanda, but none of us come into the, to the kingdom of God ready to really receive what the kingdom has. Because most people are conditioned to come into church. And I go to church. And I join a church. And I'm a member of a church. But don't understand, God didn't call you to a church. He called you into the kingdom. Church is part of the kingdom. So he said, I want to give you the whole kingdom. And the kingdom is more than just church. In the kingdom, all your needs are supplied. In a proper kingdom, no one is destitute. <laughs> In a proper kingdom, no one is left out. 
So I'm trying to give you the kingdom. Now, we don't know much about kingdom over here in the United States of America because we've always been in a, in a, a democratic republic and so forth. And, uh, you know, that's our form of government and we have a democracy. So we don't, we don't understand, you know, kingdom. But kingdom operation is, is wild. It's, it's wild. It's everything is glitzy. You ever read about Solomon? No? Talk back to me now. Solomon, his kingdom was so awe-inspiring that a girl fainted. What in the what? The queen who already had her own money. She fainted. She passed out when she saw what kingdom looks like. I said, but do you know what kingdom looks like? And it says, it's your father's good pleasure to give it to you. Oh, my. Thank you, Lord. So God has to work in us so we can handle what he wants to do for us. Now, now it says, it's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Now, listen to me very carefully because, because it's kingdom time. How do I know? Because what we're seeing going on in the earth right now is literally a shaking Go, go to Hebrews. Go to Hebrews real quick. Hebrews 12, uh, 28. They'll put it on the screen for me. Hebrews 12, 28. In fact, go back. Let's go back to verse uh, 20, maybe 25. Let's start verse, maybe verse 25. Let's see if we can, we can hit. I want you to see what. All right. So see that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven whose voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised, saying, yet once more, I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Do me a favor. Let's switch, please, in that same verse to the Passion Translation. To the Passion Translation. I want you to see what's happening around you. When you look at the news, and don't, don't sit and look at the news all day. Don't sit there and freak yourself out. Scare yourself. Feed your fears. Feed your faith. But if you happen to walk into a store and they have the news on or something like that, you just, just hear You can just hear the, the chatter around you. You'll see what's happening. He says, once and for all, I will not only shake the systems of the world. You see what's happening right now? Every system is being shaken. If you have a Passion Translation Bible and you click on the little, the little notation that's in that verse, it'll talk about financial systems, government systems, medical systems. It's saying all these things are being shaken. That's what, that's what it said. <laughs> that's what's happening right now. And he said, but also the, the unseen powers in the heavenly realm. Keep going, please. Verse 27. Hallelujah. Now this phrase, once and for all, clearly indicates the final removal of things that are shaking, that is the old order, so only what is unshakable will remain. Verse 28. Watch verse 28. Since we are receiving our rights to an unshakable kingdom, that's all I need right there. You and I are receiving rights to an unshakable kingdom. We are being heirs, made heirs of an unshakable kingdom. Glory to God. The Bible said it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So what's happening right now? What Jesus spoke back in, in, uh, in his day walking on this earth, it's being manifested, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, man. Maybe I, let me start over. 
what he spoke when he was walking on this earth, it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, is being manifested right now. Now, the moment you got born again, you became an heir. So it, it began to manifest personally in your life. But I'm talking about corporately on the earth now. What he spoke back then is being manifested right now. So let the shaking continue. Let the shaking happen. Don't you get afraid. Don't you get worried. Don't you get caught up in it. You say, let that thing shake. Shake it up, baby. Shake it up, baby. But watch what happens. When it's all over, when it's all said and done, what Jesus Christ spoke back then will now be manifesting in our lives. We, the saints, are receiving the kingdom. The Bible says in Daniel chapter 7, in Daniel 7 it says uh, that the time, I think it's verse 25, somewhere around there. In Daniel 7 it says, and the time came for the saints to possess or to receive the kingdom. That's not 25, but it's, it's, in, it's in Daniel 7 where it says the time came for the saints to receive the kingdom or to possess the kingdom. So it, it talk, what it talks about says the ancients, uh, of the, the ancients uh, have, have risen up. The saints were being persecuted. The saints were being whipped, it said. But the time came to favor the saints. Well, I'm going to keep preaching. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying to you? The time came to favor the saints. And then the time comes for the saints to possess the kingdom. Y'all getting this here? All right, now. Put, uh, okay, there, there it was, it was verse 22. It was verse 22. The time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. See that the ancient of days came. Let, let me just, I'm going to help you all out. Go back to verse 21. Give me verse 21 and 22. You'll see, put this in context. I want you to understand what's happening around you, that God is not surprised by 2020. 2020, he told us, was vision manifestation. Whose vision? His vision. This is what he envisioned. In fact, what we're reading here is a vision God gave Daniel. It's a vision God gave Daniel. It's God's vision. He said, Daniel, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Is there anybody who I'm talking about? This section, y'all don't hear me, do you? Let me. Are y'all hearing what I'm telling you? That what God spoke is manifesting right now? I don't believe God is real. Check out the Bible and check out the news. I was watching, this is Daniel, I was watching and the same horn, the evil one, was making war against the saints and prevailing against them. Now watch verse 22. Until the ancient of days came, God shows up and a judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High and the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. That's what you and I are about to step into. When God told us a few weeks ago something big is coming, this is it. I wish I had about three more hallelujahs on that. He says something big is coming, and I'm telling you, this is it right here. The time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. God is making judgments in your favor right now. Oh, you better hear what I'm saying. God is making judgments in your favor right now. Things are turning around in your favor, on your behalf right now. I don't care what you're up against. I don't care what decisions have been made against you. God is turning things around on your behalf, and favor is going to show up in your life. 
And you're going you're gonna to step across the line into the kingdom. Now, I understand, y'all got to catch this. I understand, because I've taught you well on this. In Luke 17, verse 21, the Bible says that the kingdom is within you. But that kingdom in you, it, it has to be you kingdomized inside. It's God working in you so that when the time comes, now the kingdom within you, you can step into it. That's why you come every Sunday and Wednesday and spend time hopefully on Tuesday and Thursday and Saturday and Friday hearing and Monday getting the word of the kingdom. You got to hear the word of the kingdom preach. You can't just hear any old message today. You don't need some soul message today. You need a kingdom message today because the time has come for the saints to possess the kingdom. Oh my God. Oh my. Now go back and put Luke 12, 32 on the screen. I, I don't want to, let me, let, me, let me give you what, what I had to share. Praise God, I'm getting excited. I'm getting excited. I'm getting excited. I'm getting excited because he told me something big is coming. Apostle Durba Friday night was preaching and just laying hands on people, just speaking that big, big, something big is coming. He's got a hold of it. Hold of it. It's going to manifest in your life. <laughs> Ask your neighbor, are you ready for big? <laughs> You've been on little too long. I'm expecting great things. I'm expecting big things. I'm expecting supernatural things. I'm expecting things beyond my imagination. is turning around. Everything is about to change. God's flipping the script right before our eyes. <laughs> some of y'all, you better get ready to receive some properties. And I'm not talking about residential. You better hear that word right now. Get ready to receive some commercial properties into your hands. I don't know who that's for, who all that's for. Get ready to receive. Oh, my God. This is why he's got to enlarge you because you're going to have to know how to, how to manage commercial property. I mean, more than just your lights and your water and your phone. and your, I'm talking about managing commercial property. Oh, my. Oh, my. I mean, receive it. Not where you're paying the rent, where people are paying you rent. Oh my. Luke 12, 32. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So notice he says, it's your father's good pleasure to give you something. Or we could say to do something for you. But before that, he says, do not fear. So what has to happen, Chris, is that a work has to happen in you. So you're ready to receive what he wants to do for you. Do not fear. Fear is on the inside. So I got to work that fear out of you on the inside so you can receive what God wants to bring into your life. And the reason why many people, oh my God, most people in the body of Christ cannot walk into the kingdom fullness is because of fear and doubt and littleness. I know that's not, that's, I don't know about that's a real word. 
I got an English major right here. It's littleness. I'm just, it's a word now, littleness. Smallness. So he has to work in us to get the fear out. What fear? Number one, fear of running out. Everybody say the fear of running out. Because here's the thing. When God prospers you, let me go. I'm talking about big money. If he puts a million dollars in your hand right now, and that's not big money, but it's bigger than you already have. Did anybody take a million dollars if I gave it to you right now? Okay, good. Some of y'all didn't put your hand up. Child, million dollars. I don't, I don't know million dollars. You, you can keep that million dollars. I blow my nose with a million dollars. Some of y'all are so well kept. It's just amazing to me. Just talk to me when you hit billion, Pastor. When you hit billion, talk to me. So. A million is not big, but it's bigger than, we, than where we are now. But what he has to work out of us is a fear of running out. Because if you have inside you a fear of running out, when the million comes, you become a hoarder. Because remember now, the ultimate goal is not to do something for you, is to do something through you. And if you become a hoarder because of fear of running out, you, be, you, you become a bottleneck or you stop the flow of what God wants to do through you. And if you're a hoarder, it means you won't spend and you won't share. This, this may take us three messages. Huh? You won't spend and you won't share. That's the danger sometimes of being, you know, um, <laughs> um, debt-free. I know about it because I'm debt-free. And the danger of that sometimes is uh, now you have a little accumulation, you, you be kind of inclined to hoard it because I'm so scared of being broke again or... I don't want to be broke no more. I don't want to be broke no more, Lord. And so now you, you run the danger of becoming a hoarder where you hold everything. Ain't going to spend nothing. I'm not even talking about soul. I'm talking about not spending anything. You know? You, find, you got, your, got your debt-free car. How many of y'all have debt-free cars in here? All right. Now you got your debt-free car. And it's making all kind of noise. Making all kind of noise. Tires bald on the, on the outside. Air conditioning don't really work anymore. And somebody drive up and you in their debt-free car, in their, their car, they got a payment on it. And you like, yeah, but I don't have no payment. I don't have no payment. See, you can't do that. And you picking on a person with a payment, but your car sound like gun smoke. 
It'd be better for you. Go ahead and get your payment. Walk around, pop, 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 pop. Because that ain't right. I love Jesus. Got Jesus all on a little bumper sticking. Pop, pop, your car shooting. They shooting. They shooting. No, I'm sorry. That's just me. That's just me. I need a new catalytic converter. And got the money for the catalytic converter. I ain't going to spend it. No, 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 no. You can't be popping talking about I love Jesus. Don't be popping down the street. So you won't spin and then you won't share. Put up, put on the screen for me, please. Uh, Luke 12. Luke 12. I'm gonna just take my time and teach this. I was gonna rush through this. But I, it, it's okay if we come back Wednesday night, right? Luke 12. Yeah, that's that's the thing, Chris. We gotta be big on the inside. We got to let God expand us on the inside and change some things on the inside so he can now do what he wants. See, God is, I heard a good friend of mine say this years ago, God will never waste, he only pours. He'll only pour, he will not waste. So he can't put the million dollars in our hands if we're going to be wasters. It'll, now it gets locked up in your account. I'm going to show you something. Luke, Luke 12, media, help me out. Verse 15, Luke 12, 15 through 21. Help me out, media. I, I, don't, I don't got excited up here, so y'all got to help me. Luke 12, 15. And he said to them, this is Jesus talking to, to the disciples and everybody, take heed and beware of what? Remember, remember the Lord gave us that message back in 18? For one's life does not consist in the abundance of things, of the things he possesses. So beware of covetousness, okay? Then he spoke a parable to them saying, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. Now how did a man get what, what, he, what he got? The ground. The ground yielded it. The ground did the work. Okay? And he thought within himself saying, what shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? Here's my big idea. I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And then I will store all my crops and all my goods. So he's not thinking about spending it, let alone sharing it. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Keep going, please. Keep going. But God said to him, fool. I think King, King James says, thou fool. This night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? Verse 21, so is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. See, so God doesn't have a, have a problem with you having the million or the millions or the hundreds of million or the billions. He has a problem when you lay them up for yourself and are not rich toward him. Now the issue for us, Rwanda, is we got to first get big enough on the inside to receive what he wants to give us. Most of us don't, well, I, I, I almost told him a lie, or an, an erroneous statement. It wasn't going to be a lie. Erroneous. I was about to say most of us don't have covetous issues because we don't have a million dollars, but you can, you can be broken and have covetous issues. Many times that's the reason why you're broke is because you have covetous issues. Praise God. Okay, so I can't be a one who all of a sudden I won't spend and I won't share because I have fear. 
Put First uh, Timothy six seventeen on the screen, please. First Timothy six seventeen. Glory to God. Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly what? All things to enjoy. Let them do good. Let them do good. That they may be rich, they be rich rather, in good works, ready to give. Here it is, willing to share. So what prevents you from doing that? I got a fear of running out. So that's why he had to say, do not fear, little flock. I got to work this fear out of you. So what God's doing in you today, right now as you hear me preaching, he's working that fear out of you. Y'all got time for more? Not only fear of running out, he got to get you over fear of persecution. Oh, shut up. Fear of persecution. Some of y'all don't know what persecution is. Talking about the persecution that go over in, in foreign lands where you, you're a preacher in China and they're going to throw you in jail. Not that kind of persecution. It's not the kind of persecution where people start talking about you when you prosper. When you start increasing and now they start speaking all manner of, e of evil against you. Now whereas you used to be part of a family reunion, but no, as soon as you get a new car, as soon as you get a new car, now all of a sudden they want to talk to you. You don't got your first pair of Nikes and all of a sudden now they don't want to do you. Come on, some of you, you've seen this on your job. You, you can work with people on the same level on the job and you get the promotion. And you get promotion. All of a sudden the ones who used to be your friend and used to chat with you in the lunchroom. Now all of a sudden... Persecution. And so you got to get over that fear of persecution because watch this. Put Mark 10, 29 and 30 on the screen. Mark 10, verse 29 and 30. Are y'all learning anything today? Mark 10, 29 and 30 says, so Jesus answered and said, Surely I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels. Come on. Come on, next verse, next verse, please. Next verse, verse 30, verse 30. Who will not? Come on. Who shall not receive? Come on. When? So when you sacrifice for the kingdom, he said you're going to receive a hundredfold now in this time. Houses. Brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands. So he said when you sacrifice for the kingdom of God and you, in other words, when you go all in, or we can also say when you go all out, it's good. You can go all in, all out for God. That's wonderful. No matter what you do, he says you're going to get a hundredfold harvest now, but what you got to deal with is with persecutions. Because you were, you were written your little two-bedroom, one-bath one uh, apartment, and now all of a sudden you have houses. And now your folk can't stand you. Are y'all hearing this here? You were, you know, you were just kind of, you know, when you, when you were catching PSTA and just trying to get around and you would call them for a ride every once in a while, you know, they, okay, you know, they, they, were, they were loving on you. But all of a sudden now, you got a BMW. Oh. Oh. 
If you pull up with a paper tag, oh. Have, has anybody ever experienced any of that, like, besides me? I mean, you ain't even got the big thing God talking about yet. You just came up, came up a little bit. You just came up one of them from where you were, and all of a sudden, now what? You can't stand me? Because the blessings will come with persecution. So he said, you got to get that fear of persecution. You cannot be stuck uh, uh, in, in relying on what man thinks about you because if that's the case, you're not ready to receive my kingdom. When you step into the kingdom life, you're going to deal with some stuff. Some of you ladies know you get, get that fresh haircut. Get your hair done one time. Tall. You think you're cute. No, you think I'm cute, obviously. <laughs> Y'all got to use that. No, you think I'm cute. <laughs> right? Now, here's the thing. Now, watch this. This is very, very important. This is very important. Tell your neighbor, this is very important. When you have the fear of persecution... You have a tendency to hide what God does. And God cannot give things freely to you if you're going to hide them. He does not give you things so you can hide them. He gives you things so you can give him the glory. And if you're going to hide it, you can't have it. Tell your neighbor, if you're going to hide it, you can't have it. Y'all got it. Y'all got it. Better hear what I'm saying. I'm going to come over here for this side. Y'all got it. Tell your neighbor, if you're going to hide it, you can't have it. God does not give you anything to hide. Hiding things is not humility. Hiding things is fear. That's not humility. Hiding things is fear. It's the fear of persecution. Fear of what? Well, they're going to talk. They're going to say something. Fear of what other people think. Put up Psalm 34, verse 1 through 3 on the screen. Psalm 34, verse 1 through 3. Can y'all read? Dominic, you going to read this with me? I will bless the Lord. Come on now, wait on you. I will bless the Lord at all times. Come on. Now I'm going to bless him how now? At all times. His praise shall what? Now watch this. My soul shall make its boast. What do you mean boast? My soul has to brag on what God has done for me. Religious folk think that when you testify about God's goodness in your life, you're bragging. No, the Bible said my soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The problem is not me, the problem is you. Because it says the humble 
shall hear of it and be glad. Not jealous, not mad, not upset, not envious. The humble shall be glad. I'm not trying to make you mad. When I testify, oh my Jesus, thank you, Lord, I just heard that. When I tell it, I'm not trying to make you mad. I'm trying to make you glad. I want you to be glad and say, the Lord is moving, the line is moving. He's working, the Lord is he's coming down. Glory to God. If God did it for him. Are y'all hearing this? So the almost shall hear of it and be glad. The almost shall hear of it. Hear of it. Hear of what? Your testimony of what God does in your life. My soul shall make his boast. I just want to testify that the Lord has been good. You know, the old testimony service, Shante used to be always, and I just sure want to give God praise on and glory and thanks. Thank God for coming and being here tonight. Well, I sure been going through. Am I right? Devil been on my track trying to turn me back. I had a hard night last night, couldn't hardly sleep. My left toe hurt, and I feel like, feel like my right leg is just beaming. Oh, my God, and my, my right eye. Everyone who know the words of prayer, please play my strength in the Lord. And I know y'all said don't sing a song, but Lord, I'm going to sing a song. I'm going through. I'm going through. And they call that testimony service. That ain't a testimony, that's moaning. testimony. Tell us what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He steps in right on time. Oh, I'm gonna praise him. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about? That's testifying about what God has done for me in my life. Man, I didn't know how I was going to get a car. And the Lord made a way for me to get a car. Well, well, but you got payments. I had the worst credit in the world. And somehow I got favor when I walked in that little bit of room. And they gave, thank you, Lord. right there they texting I don't know who she thinks she is I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you what just what they said I wish that helpful would shut up I was talking about the Lord has done the Lord has the Lord ain't done that the Lord ain't done that 
she probably got a sugar daddy. She ain't telling nobody. Yeah, I got a sugar daddy. His name is Jesus. Sweet Jesus. He supplies all my needs. Buys my clothes and pay my rent. So you got, he, wants, he has to work in you to get over the fear. Oh, Jesus, it's one o'clock. Man, the fear of running out, the fear of persecution. And I want to give you this last one on this, Luke 12, 32, because he says, don't fear, little flock, because I want to give you the kingdom, right? The last one that I, I wanted you to take note of, beyond fear of running out, beyond fear of persecution, it's fear of success or fear of responsibility. That's very critical. Fear not, little flock. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So I got to work something in you so I can do something for you. And one thing I got to get out of you is the fear of success or the fear of responsibility. Because what many people fear is success. If I were to say, okay, Shree, I'm going to give you a million dollars. If you don't have this fear worked out, you all of a sudden, your fear becomes, well, how do I manage all that? I'm just doing all that. What kind of account I keep that in? Where do I go in? Okay, all right. And every, every day you be checking your account. Okay, make sure nobody took nothing. You fear. And then what am I going to do? If, then if God tells you, okay, I want you to build, build an orphanage. Or he said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you a building for an orphanage. It's got 26 toilets. 26 toilets. How are we going to manage 26 toilets? I have a hard time taking care of two toilets in my house, you know. 26 toilets. See, what many people, in fact, a whole lot of people in the body of Christ suffer from is a fear of responsibility. That's why, that's why people don't put in for promotions. Stay in the same position for 20 years because you don't ever go for promotion because that's more responsibility. I don't be bothered. I just want to go do my time, punch in, and punch out, and go home. But God called us to be the heads, not the tails, above only and not beneath. And anytime you're the head, it means responsibility. Anytime you're above, it's responsibility. And so people suffer from a fear of success and responsibility. It's a fear of something I'll, I'm going to eventually preach this, stewardship. Remember I told you last year the Lord gave me this dream and he, he asked me, you know, I was dreaming I was preaching, and I said, what, you don't have stewards? Just pretend like you remember that. I told y'all, I said, well, you don't have stewards? And what he began to deal with me about and with us about was, before you um, bring in stewards, you got to be a steward. A steward is a person who is responsible for something. 
See, remember what I told you. God's getting ready to bring. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say getting ready. He's ready. He's ready. Not getting ready. He's ready to bring large money, large territory, large work, and major responsibility. That means you're going to have to learn how to, uh, you're going to learn some, need some management and leadership skills. You're going to learn, you're going to need to know how to oversee some things. That means you can't, you can't, you can't have an employee mindset. I don't care, I don't care if you are an employee. You cannot have an employee mindset. Oh, I'm, I'm I was, I, I've been, I've been training, um, uh, I'm just using living. I'm using your name. Is it okay? That's the negative. Because you can't stop me. So I've been training Olivia, and also I started training Lydia on how to drive. Driving, okay? And so... Uh, there are times now, Olivia, I say, okay, Olivia, you driving. You get in the car, you're driving. I'm going to ride, you, but you drive. So early on, when I first started teaching her, okay, and I do that, you're driving, I'm going to give her directions, okay, turn here, turn here. But eventually I said, I'm going to shut up now. I'm going to shut up. Now you got to get us home. You have to get us to the church. You have to get us to the mall. You have to get us to St. B College. You have to, you have to get us there. I'm just going to shut up. And it's amazing how many times this little child would freak out about, okay, we turn left, turn right. And I'd be like, okay, this is the same road we've traveled for the last seven years. We've traveled the same path, the same route for the last seven years. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. And I told her, when you want to start, when you want to become a driver, you cannot ride with a rider mindset. I said you have to now ride with a driver mindset, which means now you have to observe everything. I said, so your, your issue is, see what she's doing right now, she's on that phone. I said, so your issue is you're riding front seat, back seat, but you're on your phone. Texting. Instagram, whatever. I'm driving. Now, you're not paying any attention. So when it comes time for you to drive, you don't know where you're going. Because as a rider, you are not paying attention. As an employee who's going to one day be an employer, you cannot be an employee not paying attention. Whatever level you are on, if you aspire to go higher, if you aspire to go higher, that rhymed, I like that. If you aspire to go higher, you've got to change your mindset. You now have to be observant. you got to take notice. God, when God had David anointed to be king, God had Samuel go anoint David to be king. And the very first thing God did for David was stick him in the palace serving Saul so he can learn and observe how kingdom operates so that when he became king, it wouldn't shock him.
When, oh my God. When, when God knew he was going to call Elisha to be the prophet over Israel, he had Elisha trained, apprentice under Elijah so he could observe how things operate. Joshua, who God called to be, to be the one to take the children of Israel into Canaan land, he had Joshua spend 10 years in an apprenticeship under Moses so he could learn how to lead. So much so that when Moses would go into the tabernacle to talk to God, he would take Joshua with him. Come observe. Come in, come in and watch how I talk to God. Come and watch how I talk to God. Are you catching this here? So when you're going to come up, everybody say come up. When you're going to come up, you got to start looking up first. You might want to tweet that. If I'm going to come up, i got to look up first. got to start looking up and seeing how things operate on a level higher than I am. i got to start observing those who are already in management, those who are already in leadership, those who are already in executive positions. i got to start seeing how does the owner operate this whole thing. I can't just go in and punch in and punch out. I don't care if you, you flipping burgers at Burger King or McDonald's. Go there with a whole different mindset, not just punch in and punch out. No, how does this thing operate? Because I never know that one day God might have them come and ask me, would you like to be one of our franchisees? We're going to give out 35 franchises, and we want to give you one. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing to me, man. We want to give you a franchise, but we got to make sure that you have already been watching and observing. As a matter of fact, here's the truth. We've been watching and observing you. We've been watching you, watching us. So that tells us you're ready. you got a different mindset than all your, all your friends who just punching in and punching out. You want to know how to move up? You want to know how to come up? you got to start looking up first. And not have a fear of success and responsibility. Everybody say responsibility. Now, I don't mean to go on that whole tangent, but I'm, I hope that blessed somebody. Glory to God. Glory to God. So you got to have a mindset that I'm ready for responsibility and not have a fear of it. People, some people much, much rather have, much rather stay in an efficiency apartment and God's trying to give them a seven bedroom, nine bathroom, five car garage home. Oh, who going to take care of all that? You ain't got to take care of all that. You know, it's people that they get paid to do that. You know, there are landscapers who that's all they do. You know, there are, there are housekeepers. That's, that's all they do. If God gives it to you, he's not holding you responsible to, to make sure everything, every little thing is done. Just do, get, get somebody to do it. You got to do it yourself. From the very beginning of this ministry, one thing I've always shared with, with our deacons here, we got four wonderful deacons, and I've always told them this. I don't need you to get it to do it. I just need you to get it done. You ain't got, I'm this bad English, I know it is, but that's what I tell them. You ain't got to do it, but you got to get it done. Even if you have to delegate responsibility. But at the end of the day, I'm holding you responsible. <laughs> Are you hearing this here? So for you, you got to get this fear out of you because with the kingdom comes responsibility. With the kingdom comes responsibility. 
Let me give you a couple of verses here, and then I'll, I'll, I'll send you on out here to go and maximize your life. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 2. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 2. It says, moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. So your stewardship or your taking of responsibility, you have to be faithful in that. So you can't have a fear of this responsibility coming into your life. Okay? Luke 12, verse 42. Luke 12, verse 42. And the Lord said, who then is that faithful and wise steward, that means a person who's being responsible, whom his master, watch this, will make ruler over his household to give them their portion of food in due season. So the one who's faithful and wise as a steward, I got this level of responsibility, the master will make me ruler over the entire household to give. So I got to already have something that already is worked in me. I'm faithful and wise now. That now he does something for me. He makes me rule over the household. So he can now do something through me to give them or the whole household their portion of food. Did y'all just see that in that one verse? Already in me. Does something for me. Now he does something through me. But I cannot live with a fear of responsibility. Of fear. See, the, 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 the danger to most people of success is they see success now as meaning more work. Some people, I, I just, I just, listen, I don't have time for all that. When I get home, I just want to prop my feet up on the sofa, get me a bag of chips and a glass of milk, whatever I'm going to just, just And ladies and gentlemen, God has much more for you to do than to plop your feet on, on a table and watch YouTube all day long or Netflix all day long or Hulu all day long. There are people who need what you have, who need what you will allow God to flow through you. And what he needs are people who are going to be fearless. People who are going to let God, God work or work in me. Everybody just put your hands on yourself right now. Say, Lord, work or work in me. Help me get ready to receive the kingdom. Man, the kingdom of God is so big, so vast, so expansive. The kingdom of God will rule over the entire planet. Okay, Psalm 103 verse 19 says, the Lord has set his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. So we're talking about receiving the kingdom that will rule over everything. When we get the kingdom in us properly, and exercise the kingdom like we're supposed to, supposed to do, Uncle Jeff, government has to come to us. Not us, go to them. His kingdom rules over all. Education systems have to come to us, not us, go to them. You catch what I'm saying? See, we've, we've got it backwards for so long. Well, the church has become this underling, second class citizen. 
because we've not risen to the level of receiving all God has for us. But that is a changing. That is a changing right now. God's raising up some people in the body of Christ to be fearless. Who's going to let God, Philippians 2 verse 13, let God work in them both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Amen? Y'all receive that today? That's all the time I have. Give God a praise if you receive that word. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We'll pick this up on Wednesday night. I got about through half my notes. I guess that was really the introduction. So we'll, we'll get through more on Wednesday night. So y'all come. And uh, let, let me teach you some more. I, I, I thought this working in us was going to be just one part. I plan on three messages in this series. One part for in us, one part for us, one part through us. And uh, I'm watching, uh, watching Dr. Bill Winston this morning. And he's on part 18 of this sub part of this series he's on, on about. <laughs> yeah, it's, this is a sub part of the series, and he's on part 18 of that sub part. I'm like, Dr. Bill, praise the Lord. But he's taking his time. We need it. We need it. Amen. Lord, today thank you for your precious word and your precious people. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah. My God. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we make ourselves available to you and we want you to do in us do a work in us. Get all the junk out, all the gunk out, all the blockages, all the obstacles out. Your word says, Father, that we should, Romans 12, 2, to not be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And God, we know your good, acceptable, and perfect will is for us to manifest the kingdom. It's for the kingdom to be in rulership over this entire world. So Lord, we take time to allow you to work in us. and We renew our minds. We lay aside the things that may hinder us. We lay aside our own personal, even our personal uh, inhibitions, things that have gotten in the way. And we allow ourselves the freedom to dream. We allow ourselves the freedom and give you the blank canvas to put your dreams on our spirits, to put your vision on our spirit, oh God, so that we see on a level beyond what we've ever seen, so that we can begin to do things on a level beyond that which we've ever done. And God, I thank you for this Oh my, such an awesome group of people that gather to hear the word of God. I thank you that God, you've called every one of us to the kingdom for such a time as this. Wow. So Lord, use us to manifest your kingdom, your glory, 
in the earth so that all men will know Jesus is Lord. We give you praise and honor and all glory. It's in Jesus' master's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Put those hands together and give God a praise today.